Buenos dias from BA. This is a Rorschach Venezuela update from the 25th of May 2023. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Thursday the 18th, during a United Nations hearing, Ana Peláez Narváez, the president of the UN Committee on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women, confronted Larry Devo, the representative of the Maduro regime, about the International Criminal Court, or ICC. The session focused on discussing the situation of women's human rights in Venezuela, as well as the allegations of sexual violence. Devo criticized the ICC investigation, alleging that it is part of a strategy, quote, orchestrated, unquote, by the U.S. to overthrow the Venezuelan regime. In response, Peláez rejected Devo's comments and emphasized the importance of the ICC as a fundamental institution for safeguarding human rights. Consequently, Devo rectified his statement, acknowledging that the Venezuelan regime recognizes and supports the ICC. In more international news, on Tuesday the 23rd, the British government officially informed the Commercial Court of London that it no longer recognizes Guaido as the interim president of Venezuela. The London Court of Appeal will soon decide on the ownership of Venezuelan gold held in the Bank of England. The ruling will determine if it goes to Maduro's appointed Central Bank of Venezuela board or Guaido's appointed board. Currently, the gold reserves are valued at over $1.8 billion. Straight from the old continent, we whisked our way across the ocean and landed our news in the U.S., On Thursday the 18th, the U.S. government approved an United Nations Fund for Venezuela, focusing on projects related to water, electricity, health and education in the country. This decision is part of the White House's broader efforts to resume negotiations between the Maduro government and the Venezuelan opposition. The objective is to establish better electoral conditions for the upcoming presidential elections in 2024. Uruguay, despite considering Nicolás Maduro's government a dictatorship, has decided to appoint an ambassador to Venezuela. On Friday the 19th, Everda Rosa Vázquez, the newly appointed ambassador, actively participated in a meeting with the Venezuelan Foreign Ministry in Caracas, effectively filling the position that had remained vacant since 2016. Uruguayan President Lacache Poe emphasizes that the appointment of an ambassador does not mean a change in his stance on Maduro, as Uruguay steadfastly maintains its position. Last-minute change. On Tuesday the 23rd, the Comisión de Primaria, the institution tasked with selecting the candidate to run against the government candidate in the upcoming 2024 presidential elections, decided to postpone the start of the candidate nomination process until the 5th of June. Originally set to start on the 24th of May, the Commission has opted to delay the process. However, the end date of the process will remain unchanged, concluding on the 23rd of June. This judgment seeks to offer candidates additional time and promote a fair and competitive environment. Speaking of changes, on Thursday the 18th, the Administrative Service of Identification, Migration and Foreigners, or SAIME, 
updated the passport application process, making it easier for Venezuelans to schedule appointments online. First-time users will need to provide their personal information, while registered users can simply enter their ID and previous password or reset it if needed. Users can then proceed to make the payment of 3.6 petros, equivalent to approximately $200, through either Banesco or Banco de Venezuela. Additionally, SAIME has implemented dress code regulations for their offices, which prohibit the wearing of shorts, miniskirts, sportswear, low-cut shirts, torn pants, flip-flops, caps, etc. A gas-rich country, ironically unable to provide its own population with the fuel they need. On Friday the 19th, Maduro publicly acknowledged that Venezuela is experiencing, quote, serious issues, unquote in the gas supply and issued instructions to the Minister of Oil and President of the state oil company PDVSA to actively resolve the failures within the next three months. Among the 23 states in the country, seven are primarily affected, with Yaracuy being the most severely impacted state. In an effort to address the needs of areas affected by gas shortages in a national broadcast, Maduro invited international energy companies to invest in the country and help boost gas production for a steady and abundant supply. Speaking of a boost, on Thursday the 18th, Maduro called on the Productive Councils of Workers, or CPTT, in the industrial sector to boost productivity in Venezuelan companies. At a gathering held at the Cauchos de Venezuela plant, Maduro stressed the importance of achieving 100% production levels despite the challenges posed by economic sanctions. Furthermore, he encouraged investors to have confidence in the country and underscored the CPTT's pivotal role played in the production process. However, economic sanctions do not stop the Venezuelan people. On Friday the 19th, El Nacional newspaper published a viral article revealing that traders in Portuguesa state have embraced coffee as a local currency due to the Bolivar's devaluation. Emmanuel López, the president of the Chamber of Commerce of UNDA, provided insights by explaining that coffee, specifically the green parchment variety, is now being utilized for transactions, services and basic goods. The price of coffee is determined through the New York Stock Exchange and producers are actively working towards establishing it as an official local currency. This situation vividly illustrates the strong interconnection between the local economy and coffee production and trade, thus highly impacting commerce in the region. On that note about viral news, measles is about to go viral too. On Friday the 19th, Julio Castro, internist and infectious disease specialist, raised concerns regarding the high risk of a measles epidemic in Venezuela due to low vaccination rates against the disease. Castro stated that Venezuela has the lowest measles vaccination coverage in Latin America, with less than 60%. In a video for Impacto Venezuela, Castro stressed the importance of addressing the gap in vaccination coverage promptly, 
He also highlighted that Venezuela had been experiencing issues with vaccine availability even before the pandemic. In more health news, on Friday the 19th, Maduro's regime launched the O800 Bigote emergency system, which has faced criticism for politicizing healthcare rights. The program, led by Rafael Lacaba, governor of Carabobo, features ambulances adorned with cartoon characters, namely Super Mustache and Lacaba's Dracula. The public expressed concern regarding potential violations of anti-corruption laws that prohibit the misuse of public resources for political or private interests. According to the law, officials who abuse their positions for electoral or political favoritism could face imprisonment ranging from one to three years. They messed up with the kilos. On Sunday the 21st, the National Armed Force, or FAN, detained a total of 46 individuals, including military personnel and civilians. In the operation, FAN seized 17,580 kilograms of cocaine intended for Spain. Among those detained, there are 16 military personnel assigned to the National Anti-Drug Command, three agents assigned to Zone Command 45 La Guaira, 15 airport security officials, 11 individuals from Servidamp, and one employee of Air Europa. We hope there are enough staff left at the airport because on Saturday the 20th, Conviasa, the Venezuelan state airline, announced that it will inaugurate direct flights to Damascus, the capital of Syria, on Tuesday the 30th. The flights will depart from Caracas every Tuesday and return from Damascus every Thursday. This initiative is a key component of Conviasa's international expansion plan, which aims to enhance the bilateral relations between Venezuela and Syria. Good news! Zimena Montilla, a Venezuelan writer and director of the Arepa History Project, will present her book Arepas for Peace at the Gourmand Awards Gala in Sweden. The gala, which will take place from the 25th to 28th of May, will honor her with the special award for Best Book of the American Continent and the prestigious Gourmand Awards Oscar. Through the Arepa History Project, Montilla aims to promote and preserve Venezuela's gastronomic culture while facilitating cultural exchange between the Venezuelan diaspora and individuals from other countries. Like Ximena Montilla said, quote, life is like an arepa. It tastes like what you put in it, unquote. And that's it for this week. We want to hear from you. Write to us at venezuela at Rorschach.com. Hasta la próxima.